All right. Come on, let's do that again for the Lord. Man, I'm so glad to see y'all. Are y'all glad to see me? Yeah, all right. Look at your neighbor and say, you look beautiful. You look beautiful. So we're so glad to be here. Hey, so many of you have requested that we have Ron Teal back, uh, and he's going to be doing the trading floor of heaven tomorrow night here, and then at Ann Cadiz's house in Mandeville on Tuesday. So tomorrow night, 630, be here, be on time, because we're going to get him on the floor uh, quickly, and uh, you don't want to miss that, and so you, you don't want to miss that tomorrow night for sure. And then we're only two weeks away from Thanksgiving offering, which I am super excited about. And this is going to be an offering that we're going to give every year. This is our first year, and we're going to give every year. That's going to be annual, uh, the first Sunday in November. And all of that money is going to go to our missions. Uh, we, we, have, we have big missions giving, and it's going to be a fun Sunday, and it's just going to be our mission Sunday. So you don't want to miss that, and you want to bring a big offering. I know the Lord, you've been praying about it, and I know the Lord's put something on your heart. And uh, so we're excited about that. <clears throat> and then next Sunday night will be our second time in Mandeville, and so if you want to be a part of that, you want to come out, hang out with us, it's going to be exciting, Mandeville, and there'll be more information on our website as well as on our Facebook page, so uh, come out and check that out. So, so, listen, if you're, if you go to the Harbor Church and you're bored, it's not our fault, because we have lots of opportunities, marriage events, men's events, women's events, uh, how about the youth that just got back from the youth encounter, are y'all awake? Come on, stand, st- shake, sh- sh- waves them. They're all bruised up and beat up. I don't know what they did, but all of them said, oh, I'm hurting. So uh, anyway, I, I don't know really. They, I was an encounter. I'm not sure what kind. And so uh, it's, they had a great time. And so we're excited to have them home. And I think one of them may actually be at the hospital or somewhere getting his hand checked. So they had some real encounters with the Lord this week. And so really good. So... Um, So we're excited about that. Listen, I have got this message that's just burning inside of my heart this morning. And um, I want to to try to deliver it in the time that we have left today. I just want you to give me your attention, just your full attention for the next few minutes. And um, I'm going to try not to hurry too fast because there's so much meat in here I want to give you. But I'm going to be talking today about the birth of the the New Testament church or what, what is really technically called the apostolic church. And uh, a lot of times that name has been thrown around for different things, but it's really the church of the apostles and how that looks. And, and so I want to talk to you today about that. So in Acts 2, and we're going to have several scriptures today, so get your Bibles out and, uh, or your iPhone or iPad or whatever that is that you use for Bible. And I uh, hope that you brought your device or Bible to church. I have no problem with your phone being your Bible. I'm preaching off an iPad, but let's, let's stay in the Word. Amen. And so Acts 2, uh, we're going to Acts 2, verse 1, and we're going to read quite a bit here, uh, 1 through 4, then 14 through 22, and then also 32 through 39. So when the day of Pentecost arrived, They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared unto them and rested on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. 
Verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And give an ear to my word, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, seeing it is only the third hour of the day. I'm going to stop there for a minute. Uh, the, they were in the upper room, of the 120. They had gone there because the Lord said, Go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. As they were in the upper room and tarry and praying there, the Holy Spirit came. The Bible says it was like a wind that blew into the house, filled them and the fire up on their head and filled them with the Holy Spirit. Peter stands up and he says to them, listen, I know it appears that these people are drunk, but they're not drunk. Seeing this the third hour of the day, something supernatural happened. There must have been a ruckus in the upper room, don't you think? The glory of God was filling the place. And, you know, as our worship team was just singing a moment ago and Peyton spoke to us as we entered into that place of presence, I could feel that rushing wind of the Spirit in this place this morning. I could feel the presence of God. And that presence of God was just touching the hearts of people that day on the day of Pentecost. And so it goes on to say... uh, and in the last days, this was, he says this, but this is that that was uttered through the prophet Joel, that in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all. all. On your sons, on your daughters, they shall prophesy. On your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I dreamed all night last night. I must be getting old. Even on the male servants and the female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. I want you to say this with me. And they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor smoke and the sun shall be turned to the darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes and the great magnificent day and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the lord shall be saved everybody say everyone who calls on the name of the lord shall be saved come on let's give the lord a shout of praise right now acts two thirty two, and jesus uh this jesus god raised up and of that we will all witness being Therefore, exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. And David did not ascend to the heavens, but he himself said, the Lord said to my Lord, sitting at my right hand until I make your enemies my footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. And this Jesus, whom you crucified. Now when when they heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Everybody say this with me. And you will. It's not maybe. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful promise to us that we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit just as they did on the day of Pentecost. So when the, said, for this promise is unto you and to your children and all those are far off, everyone whom the Lord calls unto himself. So I want you to go with me today and let's look at the picture of the, the big picture of the birth of the New Testament church and how there was such an incredible event that happened on the day of Pentecost. But that event that happened on the day of Pentecost changed the whole culture of the believing church forever. Because prior to the day of Pentecost, there was prophets and apostles uh, that spoke over the people, and there was, there, was, there was ministers, and there was all of those things. But after the day of Pentecost, the, everyone was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we read, they all prophesied. Amen. They all were, began to be engaged in what the church was called to do. And so this culture shift was when heaven comes to earth. Now, we talk a lot about heaven coming to earth, but it's in this moment that we see that heaven, heaven comes to earth. And there is something that happens is transformed on the day of Pentecost. And now the followers of Christ don't simply just know of the works that Jesus did, but they have received the same power to do the same things that Jesus did. I want to tell you something this morning. The apostolic church or the, the New Testament church has received the same power. And the Lord is expecting of us because he's poured his spirit out and, to, and through us that we should go out into the world and teach and preach the gospel, laying on of hands, healing the sick, raising the dead, and casting out devils. Anybody with me this morning? And so here's what I want to share with you this morning. Every single one of you, every person in this room is called into ministry. Now, you say, now, Pastor, I, I, I don't want to quit my job. I like my job. I, I really feel called to do this. I, listen, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everybody in this person, no matter what your occupation is, your occupation is simply that that gives you the resources to do what God has birthed you to do from the beginning, and he's called you into full-time ministry. And we sleep, with, we sleep in full-time ministry. That's why he said, you're going to give you dreams and visions. So even in our sleep, God's speaking to us. And in our, in our going to work, in our playtime, in our market time, everywhere we go, we are in full-time ministry. And we're called to be the New Testament church with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that continues not just on the day of Pentecost, but even right now in the earth. Can I get a better amen? So Acts 1 says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and, the end, and, and to the ends of the earth. I think God's called us to something bigger than just right here in this room, right, man? I think God's called us to bigger things than what we see just on our Sunday morning, but God's called us to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's called us to be the church that is infectious. And then we touch the world and we change the world around us. Yeah. 
There's a passion burning in me to see every one of you activated to become all that God's called you to be. And here's the deal. You can just go through church life and you can live your life and you can go to heaven and miss out on the greatness of God. You can come to church every week. And listen, I love church. I can't wait to be here. I said this last Sunday, but there's so much more to what God has for you and what he's brought you here for. Let me tell you something. I believe that church is called, we're called to the church on Sunday morning to equip you so that you can go do what God has called you to do. And so when we come into church, we get equipped for the purpose of the kingdom. But when we leave out of the church, it's our responsibility to be the kingdom. We come into church, we get in the presence of the Lord. But when we leave out of the church, it's for us to carry the presence of the Lord. We are called to change the world. Let me tell you something. I believe that every person in this place has a divine appointment and a divine anointing on your life to do something amazing for God. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. In Matthew 24, 14, from the Passion Translation, it says, Yet through it all, this joyful assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world, provided every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. Whoa. Come on, somebody say whoa. That was a whoa moment right there. He's called every single one of us to, be, to bring a demonstration of the reality of God on the earth. And after this, the end of the age will come. You know what? We're always talking about we're waiting on God, but I believe God's waiting on us. I believe God's waiting on his church to get stirred up and for us to bring a demonstration of the Holy Spirit everywhere we go. Are you here this morning? Are you here what I'm preaching to you? I believe we're living in a time in the most precious time ever when we see all of the things going on in the world, but yet the church, the church is going to stand strong. Matter of fact, the church is going to be more powerful than it's ever been because we're going to activate the people of the body of Christ where we don't just come to church, but we are the church. I'm trying to preach this as fast as I can. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church so that the church could change the world through the demonstration. Through, everybody say demonstration through the demonstration of the reality of God, the demonstration. So uh, as we live out uh, the true apostolic lifestyle, we see more of what it means to have heaven come to earth. Heaven come to earth. As lives are being transformed by the Holy Spirit with these miracles, signs, and wonders being done by the church, we see heaven come, everybody say heaven come to earth. Whatever the Lord's already declared in heaven, He's already spoken heaven. He's already declared it. Now he's waiting on the church to demonstrate it and activate it on earth. Are you with me this morning? I want to drive this point home just a little bit. Because we're always saying, heaven come, heaven come. And he's saying, come church, come church, come church. Heaven come down here. We want a revival. We want miracles, signs and wonders. He's saying, get activated. Go do miracles, signs and wonders. Lord, we need you to come in and change our city and change our nation. He said, I need you to get off your backside and go change your city and change your nation. Are you with me this morning? Come on now. He said, it's time to stir up those gifts and those purpose and that calling that's in your life. You know what this ought to become? This ought to become the same thing that happens every week of our life. We want to serve and care for people, but not just simply out of a sense of duty. 
In a few weeks from now, or a couple weeks from now, we're going to be serving here at the church. We're going to be making some big pot of jambalaya. And we're going to take this out to the community. And we're going to see miracles happen. Listen, we're going to see God do some great things. But if we just show up and we fix little plate lunches, and we just feed people, and we don't carry the presence of God with us, it's not a whole lot but just a box of food. Can I get a better amen? amen? Now, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Matthew 25 tells us to do that. It's a commandment that we should do it. But all I want to say is, is there more that we should do, not out of a sense of duty, but out of a sense of passion? Amen. I loved last year, my wife and I, my kids, my little kids, we, we went into the neighborhood and we knocked on people's door and we went up to this lady's house and, and uh, this sweet little lady. And she said, oh, I thought you was the police. I said, no, honey, we're not the police. We just come to bring the presence of the Lord, and we come to feed you. And we sat there on her front porch, and she told us about what God had done in her life and the miracles had been done in her life, and we got to pray for her. We went to another lady's house, and we prayed with her. I mean, just all throughout the day. And you know, the thing is, is that we're called not to do this because we pastor the church. We're called to do this because we are kingdom kids spreading the gospel, doing what God has called us to do. And there ought to be a passion in us to serve. Jesus made it real clear. He said, I didn't come to serve. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Are you with me this morning? We need to change how we see the body of Christ. We don't just come to be served, but we come to serve what God has put in us. I wonder if there's any miracles in this place today. Has anybody had God do anything amazing in your life? Well, most of the, how many saved today? Come on, that's a miracle right there. How many is filled with the Holy Spirit today? How many has had God heal your body at some point in time? How many has God done some repair in your marriages or your relationships? How many times has God fed you when you didn't have enough money to feed yourself? Come on, there's been some miracles in our life. And for us to sit in church and not proclaim the goodness of God is to take the very thing that he gave us and not share it is to be really kind of stingy, don't you think? So there's a miracle that's waiting inside of every single one, but I don't want you to do it out of a sense of duty. But here's what I want to happen. I want it to become just your lifestyle, your everyday life, and it will become as natural as breathing. It'll become as natural as getting up in the morning and going about your day. It'll become natural to wake up in the middle of the night and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you get up and write down the things that the Lord is saying. It will become natural to you to be sitting at the coffee house and the Lord begin to speak to you about somebody across the room. It will become natural to you when you see somebody sick in bed. Instead of saying, hey, how many doctors have seen you and how bad are you and are you going to die? Say, hey, you shall live. You shall live. You shall live. Let me pray for you. Oh, it's getting quiet now. It's getting quiet. Because what if God don't heal them? It ain't on me whether God heals them or not. It's not on me to say, hey, whether you're, whether you're going to be... What's, what's my responsibility is to take what God has put in my life and to share it with everybody I see. Can I get a better amen this morning? The call of God, the call of God becomes a way of life, and the presence of God becomes a habitation, not a visitation. And I believe this is where the church is today. So many things that we've done, we've left off the kingdom of the purpose and, and we've left off the, the real reason God saved us and we're just trying to escape hell. Can I get somebody to hear me this morning? If the only reason, you've, the only reason you wanted the Holy Spirit in your life is to escape, escape hell, you're going to live a miserable 
life. Now, you might be saved, but this life is not going to be that great. But when you understand that the Lord just saved you to keep you out of hell or to keep you out of jail, but the Lord saved you so that you could be a light to the world, a city set upon a hill. Come on, come on. And so the church today, oftentimes we miss the mark. And so we come to church and we want to be pampered and coddled and made to feel good. Just make me feel good, Pastor. Pastor, you know, come pat me on the back and Pastor, hold me. And I'm just going to get real with you today. Let me get down here where I can preach. And so, uh, I, you know what? I hadn't had a bottle since last week. Can you warm me a bottle? I, 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 I hadn't been to eat since la last week. Can you just fix me something to eat? Pastor, I, I need you to help me because, Lord, I just don't know how to help myself. And this is the reason why we have so much immaturity in the body of Christ is because the body of Christ has become so selfish with what God had given them. How many got kids? How many got kids? Raise your hand. Y'all like y'all ashamed you have kids. Raise your hand if you had some kids. Did you have to teach them to say mine? Mm -mm, no, they knew how to say that right off the bat. Here's that mine, mine, mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Mine. Mine, mine. They want to hold on. To, they just mine. It's mine. And we come to church and we get God blesses us and we hear the goodness of God and God empowers us and he strengthens us. And then we walk around like immature Christians saying mine. This is mine. Don't don't touch my Holy Ghost. Don't touch my walk with God. Don't don't touch this. Matter of fact, we, we need to learn how to say, hey, listen, this is so good. I can't wait to give it away. I can't wait to share the goodness of God. I can't wait to say, listen, this ain't mine. This is for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Right. To all, everybody in the world, this is yours. I want to give it away. Right. Y'all with me this morning? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching good. <laughs> preaching good. We want to be like Jesus. We're called to serve. We're called to give. We're called to share. We're called to live our lives like he did. So many of us are not willing to lay down our lives for the greater call. Not realizing, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. We don't want to lay down our lives for the greater call. Not realizing that it's much, it is a much greater death to live by the flesh than to surrender our lives and live the purpose that he created us for. In my, my situation, we're not willing to lay down our lives because we're afraid it's going to cost us something. Rather than to realize to live by the flesh is a much greater death than surrender to God. Now I want to support that with scripture in case you're wondering where I got that from. I got it out of the Bible. Pretty amazing place. Romans 8. Those who are motivated by the flesh, reading from the Passion Translation, those that are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulse of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. Oh, did you get that? So if you're living, if you have the Holy Spirit, he's saying you, you ought to live by the impulse of the Holy Spirit. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit 
finds life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is death. That me, mine mentality, I'm going to live my own life. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not going to give myself over to the goodness and the greatness of God. That mentality is a slow death. It's a slow death. And your flesh will eventually destroy you. But when you say, Lord, I surrender everything I have to the Lord. I am committed, God, to your purpose. I'm committed, God, to the plan. I'm committed to the reason that you put me on this earth. I surrender my life. All of a sudden, that struggle that you're having now becomes easy. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to say it one more time. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. But when I'm yoked with the world, when I'm yoked with selfishness, when I'm yoked with doing it on my own way, listen, that burden is heavy. That burden is hard. I'm trying to figure out in the flesh, how do I manage to do this? How do I get over this? How do I get around this? How do I get through this? I told the young people this week at the encounter, I said, let me help you out a little bit. I've heard preachers get up and preach, living for God is hard. Well, living for God is hard if you're living for God in your flesh. (laughs) Living for God is so difficult when I'm just trying to live for God out of rules and regulations and obedience uh, of just making man-pleasing. I feel good. I'm going to preach a little more about this. You know, when people say I'm burnt out in church, it's because they're trying to please the pastor or the leader or somebody. You don't ever get burnt out when you're fulfilling the purpose you was created for. When you're fulfilling the purpose you were created for, you're going to have the grace to do what God has called you to do. But when you're trying to please man and you're trying to just take care of everything and, and do everything right out of your flesh, and you're in this tug of war, complete tug of war all the time because you got one foot over here in the world and one foot over here in the church, and you want to make everybody happy and you're not making nobody happy, and then it's a war and a death within you. But when you say, Lord, I'm surrendered to your will, to your purpose, because I was created for something great, and I'm just going to live out this cre- what you created me for. I'm going to live this out. I'm going to see the destiny that God's created for me fulfilled. I'm going to live above and not beneath. Come on, somebody. Then that living for God is easy. I'm about to run out of breath up here. So Romans 13 and 14, Passion Translation. Instead, fully, everybody say fully. Fully. Immerse yourself into the Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And don't waste even a moment's thought on your former identity. To awaken its selfish desires. Now, some of you right here might get offended with me, but I love you and you'll get over it. I'm just help you a little bit. There are some things in life that you need to just get over. I believe in counseling. I believe in inner healing. I believe we're all on a journey. I think there's times in our life we need people to help us get where we're going. But some of us are just laying around with our selfish little feelings, always going and picking up my past identity, always picking up my, oh, woe is me. Listen, let me help you. Look, this is right out of the Greek and the Hebrew. Get over it. You're operating out of feelings. 
You're operating out of feelings and selfish desires. You're not operating out of the spirit of the Lord and the wisdom of God. Let me help you. I'm gonna, I, I want to help. I love you. But I'm just going to preach to you. You've been laying around in your bed and you've got selfish sores. Feeling sores. And everywhere you turn, oh, ah, uh, ah, oh, ah. It's all about me. This is not good. That's not good. It's too cold at church. It's too hot here. It's too this over there. I can't get this right here. I don't have that. I don't want this. I didn't like that. And all of a sudden, it's all about you. And you get caught up in you and everything's about you. It's all about you. You know what? When you get to that point, you shut off the voice of God. Not because God's not hearing, but because the flesh is so loud, you can't hear what God is speaking. There has to be this time that you just got to get over it. And so the Lord has already raised you up out of the grave. He's already, he's already given you a new life, but you're walking around in grave clothes. You look like a mummy. And you had like a dummy. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, 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 you're walking around in grave clothes. And God's saying, look, that's not what you was meant to be. You keep going back and picking up the old past identity. I've made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. As Jesus was raised from the dead, my friend, so are you raised up to be like him. Are you with me this morning? I'm talking about having a church that turns the world upside down, not just a lot of people that want to go to church on Sunday because they want to make sure they do the right thing. Or it looks like the right thing. Romans 14 and 18. Serving the anointed one by walking in this kingdom realities pleases God and earns the respect of others. I want you to watch this right here. When we're walking in these kingdom realities and we're pleasing God. In other words, we're not pleasing God just by some of our church stuff, by coming to church, giving in the offering. All those things are great things. But we, sometimes we think we're just pleasing God by showing up. Well, he says we're pleasing God because we've stepped into the person he created me to be. Oh, I've stepped into the identity that he had for me before the worlds were framed. I'm no longer just going through life doing the good thing or the right thing, but I'm doing the thing that I was called to do. I was doing the thing that I was created to do. I'm doing the very purpose of why he put me on this earth. Now, that's a whole different thing. Are you with me? And so I'm doing what I've been called to do. And when I walk in what I've called to do, guess what? I get the respect of others. Let me help you just a little bit. I get the respect of those people around me that I've been wanting their respect. To have a true apostolic church, like the one we see in the book of Acts, you will be willing to give up your life for the greater calling. Our time, our talent, and our treasure will no longer be mine, but it'll be his. And we will give to God our best and not our leftovers. Our lifestyle will honor God, and that will attract people. Let me tell you something. True righteousness never turns people away. But self-righteousness causes people to wonder. 
true righteousness never turns people away. But religion and self-righteousness causes people to say, are they for real? Is that the real thing or is that just a religious thing? Is that just a church thing? Are they serving those meals because it's their program or their lifestyle? Are you with me this morning? So true righteousness attracts people. You know, the multitudes followed Jesus, but they rejected the Pharisees. You know, with me this morning? I feel like it's getting quiet in here. Y'all ready to go home? Give me a few more minutes. Matthew 6, 33. I'm, I'm getting ready to finish. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all the less important things will be given to you. And everybody shout. Abundantly. <laughs> Listen, I'm going pro- to preach a little prosperity message here. I believe God wants us to prosper. Come on, Jesus. Make my wallet full. Make my bank account full. But more than that, make my relationships full. Make my heart full. Make my Holy Spirit full. Make my life full. Make my purpose full. I believe God wants me to prosper. But I have to first say, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. And then, everybody say, and then, all of these blessings are going to follow me. I want y'all to come help me. Come on, you come help me. Come help me. Come help me right here. Come right here. Come here and help me, Evan. Uh, Evan, uh, what's your name? Come here. Come here. Come on. What, you know who I'm talking to. Come here. Help me. Get right here. Just hold, hold on to Tony's hand right there. All right. This way. Look this way. All right. Let me show you how this works. When I am obedient to the purpose and the plan of God, and I put the kingdom of God first, all these things are going to follow me. Blessings are going to follow me. And so when I put him first, I get ready for a response of the supernatural. So I got God first in my life. Come on, blessings, follow me. So here we go, blessings. I'm walking through life. I got blessings following me. I, I, I get sick in the bed. You know what I got? I got a miracle. Here, here's my miracle. My miracles follow me. I, I get a little low on income. I got a little financial miracle follow me. I, I, I get a little uh, sidetracked with things. like I've got miracles following me. And so as I walk through life, come on, I got blessings following me. And everywhere I go, whether it's good times or bad times, difficult times, I got blessings follow me everywhere I go. Why? Because I put the kingdom first. As I put Jesus on the throne, I gave him my heart. I said, I'm going to quit being selfish. I'm going to have the blessings of God in my life. Well, let me help you just a little bit more. Stay right there. If I get over here and I need a miracle and there ain't one, I might ought to find out what order I got him in. Oh, it got quiet all of a sudden. You see, God's grace and mercy follows us every day of our life. And it's his grace and mercy that is the attaching to this line. And I'm not getting this out of works but, but just because I'm good, but I'm getting this out of obedience to his purpose in my life. And I put him first. Now, Isaac, don't be mad about what I'm about to say. I don't really think Chick-fil-A's chicken's that great. I mean, it's just chicken. I mean, it ain't bad. I like to eat it. I prefer the ice cream over the chicken. 
So, so I mean, but you know what? I believe, and, and somebody texted me last service that told me they didn't agree with my theology, and that's okay. They have a right to be wrong. <laughs> so I, I think they just, I think Chick-fil-A put Jesus first. Amen. Yes. I think they put the kingdom first. Yeah. And, and, and you can't even get, hardly get through the line. I go there for breakfast because I do have a good biscuit, and there's a line there. I go there for lunch, and there's a line there. I go there for dinner, and there's a line there. Why? Because I think they said, we're going to put the kingdom first. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this works, businessmen. I'm saying this works, business ladies. When you put the kingdom first, and you seek the kingdom of God first, your business is going to prosper. But if all your business is more important than his business, you're going to get over here and find out your blessings are far behind you. It's not because God left you. It's because you left the purpose of God. Well, here's the good part of this message. All you got to do is repent over that and get right back where you belong. And get into that alignment and let them blessings, come on blessings, start following you. Don't this look a lot better? Yeah. Don't this feel a lot better? Come on, blessings, follow me. I, I'm going I'm to sell more roofs this week. Come on, can I get a better amen? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sell more real estate this weekend. John, I'm going to sell more granite and countertops and cabinets. Amen. Come on. I'm going to sell more chicken and groceries this week, Michael. Why? Because I got the kingdom in its proper place. I should take up an offering right now. Man, the kingdom of God and the purpose of God and the plan of God always produces greatness. Thank you, guys. Somebody said, well, I ain't going to do that just to get God's blessing. Well, I am. You cannot do it if you want to. I'm going to serve him to get his blessing. Are you manipulating, manipulating God? No. I'm stepping into his abundance. Come on, Jesus. Me and you got it going on. Wow. So we're pulling on heaven's rim. Come on, Jesus. We're chasing after the kingdom of God. And he's given us abundant life. Worship team, you can come. When we realize the power that we have been given by the Holy Spirit, we will no longer act like orphans without a place. But we will walk in authority that has been given us. He said, you shall receive power and authority. You shall receive power and authority. Authority. Come on, say it with me one time. You shall receive power and authority. Power and authority. Come here, Micah. You're good and tired. I can beat you up. Power is this. Holy Spirit gives me the power. Don't you just go down the floor, okay? Holy Spirit gives me power to take out the things in Authority is different. Author- Put your head down. <laughs> That's authority. Yeah. 
try to get up. Lay down. That's authority. When we learn that the Holy Spirit gives us power and authority. As a child of God, I have authority over everything that comes against me. I can stand over what used to take me out. I have power and authority. The devil cannot hurt me. The devil cannot destroy me. Don't pick your head up again until you go. I have authority over you. If I leave him down there too long, he'll be asleep. He's been at youth retreat. Are you following with me today? So much of what we deal with is because we've never understood who we are. If your marriage is a mess, listen to me. You have authority over your marriage. <laughs> but if you war with it in the flesh, well, you'll be singing that song. We're going to get right back where we started from. It's coming around again. But the moment you step into the authority that's been given you, you can speak into your marriage. Now, I'm not talking to just one of you speaking into your marriage because you're one. You got authority when the enemy comes against your children. Let me just preach a minute here. We let the devil have too much heyday in our lives because we don't understand our identity and who we are. And the enemy tries to raise its head. Go ahead and just start getting up on me right here. Just come after me. And we start saying, well, you know, we had a bad day and things didn't go right. And I, I, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to say and I didn't know where to go. And the enemy is just coming in on top of you. But you have authority. Lay down. Get off me. This home, my life, belongs to Him. I'm pulling on heaven's kingdom. I'm walking in heaven's authority. I know who I am in Christ. Are you following me? We've got to take the authority that's been given us. This lady right here, when she married me, She got my name. She writes checks out of my account or uses my debit card. She has my name. She has my authority. We have his name. We have his authority. We're his kids. We need to live like it. You can get up. Thank you. I want to challenge you today with something. I don't want you just to leave here today and hear a good word. I want to challenge you with something today. I want to challenge you with, I'm no longer going to walk in the darkness of this world, but I'm going to walk in the destiny of which I'm called.
from this day forward, right now in this room, I'm going to surrender to God my life once and for all. I'm not going to live from Him for another day just to get out of the trouble I'm in or the problems I got, but I'm going to live for Him because I have destiny inside of me. And I'm going to understand that with that destiny inside of me, I have authority to overcome any situation in my life.